This meeting is being recorded. So hello everyone and welcome to the IGC uh, Mentors Podcast. As editorial fellows, we want you to learn from the amazing leaders in our field and take inspiration from their experience. Today, we are honored to speak with Professor Anna Fagotti. She's director of Ovarian Cancer Unit at the Agostino Gemelli University Hospital Foundation. She's uh, the SGO president-elect and member of the executive committee and editor of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. With me today is Dimitrius from the USA, Florian from France, Arthur from Taiwan, Natalie from Jamaica, and I am Felix from Spain. Thank you for joining us, Professor Fagotti. Um, first of all, uh, I have to the first question with us. So could you share with us about your background? What led you to gynecology, oncology? Um, would you still choose this speciality nowadays? So the answer is yes. I would choose this speciality today again. And I'm always... Uh, have been always following in love with gynecology, I would say, and with surgery. So I think this was the best combination for me uh, to do what I love and what I like. Um, I started uh, my residency in obstetrics and gynecology, but immediately I was involved in gynionc for First, I started actually in the laboratory. So I started doing some basic research in gynecologic oncology. And then uh, after three years doing laboratory only, I went in the operating room. And so I understood that this was my future. I mean, I couldn't uh, stay without surgery. And the reason is that the, I felt the immediate results of what I was doing. So I... I really experienced it if what I was doing was correct or not, considering the benefit of the patients. So yes, I would definitely do again the same. <laughs> and if you have to choose, what have been the most exciting moments of your career? Um, I think there, there have been few moments for me. Um, the and I don't know actually which one was first, but for sure when I had the feeling that I could do surgery how I had to do. So I saw many, many times my mentors doing surgery. And every time I was thinking, will I be able to do the same in the future? Um, and actually when I was in the OR, I was also thinking if something will happen, what I would do? How would I manage it? And I was always worried about this. So once I understood I could do, because actually I was alone and I could do this by myself and I could manage difficult situation by myself and decide exactly what to do. This was very exciting for me. Yes, I was very, very happy for this. And the second moment was actually when I realized it that people around me, especially outside Italy, um, recognized my scientific job. So when I was outside and for, for the first time, people like 
people you know, actually, like Pedro Ramirez, like Nedima Burustum, or I don't know, many others, my colleagues knew me from Italy um, and knew my scientific activity, for example. Um, so they knew me by name just because I was writing something and doing some research, which they considered important in the field. This was incredible for me, really exciting. So I think that today with, um, with this sharing of information, sharing of relationships, this is much more simple, you know? But in the past, when the only way to know people was only traveling from one country to the other was much more difficult. I remember that people thought at the beginning that I was a man and I was even very old at that time. Um, so actually this was exciting. And just, I want to tell you that today, so you might say today there is nothing else. So no more excitement, no, there is a, still an excitement. And the most important excitement for me, you know what it is, what I experience sometimes, and actually I experience it today. And this is why I want to tell you. So I met one patient today, I operated 10 years ago for a recurrent endometrial cancer uh, with an incredible lymph nodal diffusion. And she was still alive. So after 10 years, I didn't see her for a long time with the COVID situation and she was in another city. And today after I met the last time, I think it was five years ago, but I was thinking she was, she was, that, she was going to die and she's alive. And so this is exciting. And every time, every single patient I will meet, I will be excited anytime. That's the last thing. So we go over to Arthur with the next questions. Uh, thank you, Dr. Fogadi, for giving us this wonderful opportunity for sharing your experience. And uh, you are very famous for uh, the Fogadi score. And I wonder if you can share with us uh, how uh, the background and the preparation and uh, for, the, uh, for the research. Thank you. I think that... I, I, I'm not sure I had some special background and things come one after the other, you know, but what I have had is a, the clinical question. I think in my, at least in my field, all regarding um, research comes from a clinical question. So, um, and you can have this question only if you practice. So um, I think that my background has been only being in the clinic, being in the OR, and trying to combine and answer to questions that come from practical uh, um, attitude. Um, so preparation, yes, I think that today you need a lot of preparation in order to, um, to do research. And the preparation is mainly statistical preparation. So one part is the clinical background and the other part is statistical. I think it's today it's very important and you need to do this kind of courses in order to be prepared and in order to even to discuss with your statisticians. I mean, what I experienced today is that statistician and statisticians are very sophisticated sometimes, but they don't have any clinical background. So it's very important to know in order to, uh, to 
direct the research in the appropriate way. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Fagadi, for uh, sharing with us this. And I think that always that, uh, answering the clinical relevant questions is so important. So thank you for reminding us about this. <laughs> and uh, my further question is that uh, you are the expert in minimally invasive surgery and gynecological cancer. And what advice would you give for those that are interested in minimally invasive surgery? Thank you. Yes. So... I think that today might be different with respect to the past. I mean, when I started doing minimal invasive surgery, consider that very few people were doing MIS in gynecological oncology. It was mainly used for benign disease. Uh, but I think the approach is always the same. Um, when I started, I knew very well anatomy. For example, I knew very well all the surgical steps in order to perform any kind of surgery by open approach. Uh, but um, I had to practice minimal invasive surgery and consider that when I started, we started with laparoscopy, which is much more difficult than robotics today. No? So um, I remember I spent a lot of time doing exercise with pelvic trainers, with my colleagues. I spent Sunday, Saturday night. Anytime I finished the clinic, I was in, with the pelvic trainer together with my colleagues trying to put, to put stitches, for example, and trying to coordinate um, my hands uh, in doing uh, um, laparoscopy. So maybe it's a little easier with robotics, but anyway, you have to practice on models, on pelvic trainers, on animals, uh, to be sure to be able to manage any kind of surgery or complications today as in the past. Thank you so much for sharing this uh, important information. And I think that when all the young uh, gynecological oncologists know that even Dr. Fagadi has reminded us to, 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 to practice all the time, then it's really important to do the practice, the hands-on in the laboratory. And yes, thank you. And now I hand it over to uh, Florian. Thank you so much. It's a very pleasure to be able to speak to you. And I want to say that uh, it's very nice uh, that uh, we have now a, a woman leader to speak <laughs> because uh, actually uh, women leader are now more current than before, but still less than men. And for women fellow, I think it's very nice to have a, to, to see example like you. So I want to ask my first question is, uh, you have done numerous studies in surgical studies on ovarian cancer. Uh, from the development of the faculty score, the mission study, and now you are conducting uh, the lens trial. Uh, did you foresee and plan this in the beginning of your career? Absolutely no, this is the <laughs> answer. So actually, I think that when you start, you don't know where your life will go, will be the direction, what will happen. Uh, but again, I think that you should be flexible and try to follow the... Um, I don't want to say the, the situation, it's not correct. But I mean, if you start with an idea, you should be able to 
change according to the new uh, to the de new developments or the new advances in technology or medical uh, care or whatever so actually you may start in one way and then you will change accordingly and i think this is not something that should be considered in a, a bad way but actually in a very good approach to life and trying to give your contribution. I mean, if this is no more um, a clinical question, again, there is no reason to continue on that way. And whereas you should always try to give your contribution to the cure of the patients or improve the quality of life and so on. So actually, I didn't foresee anything of this. This was just a clinical uh, question that I tried to answer time by time, and that's it. So anytime there is a new question to answer, this is the, the point. Thank you so much for your answer. Uh, my second question is uh, funding and organizing surgical studies is always a challenge. Uh, what would be your advice to, uh, to all the young gynecologists in order to succeed the surgical studies? Yes, doing a surgical study is really a challenge and you all know. So again, I don't want to repeat always the same um, uh, concepts, but actually, I mean, a surgical study for me is successful if this, the study gives you an answer first. And it, so this is true actually for any kind of study, but especially in clinic, when we make, an answer, we make a question, we should try to foresee if this question will be still uh, valid in the next four or five years, because this is the minimum time in order to achieve an answer, to achieve data and to provide data. So if this is not relevant, this is something that I'm trying to say always to the fellows here, just to make relevant questions for patients, not for us. We don't need to make studies just because we want to have our name on a paper. I'm not interested in this. And I'm so sorry when, when we have, uh, when I have received studies, for example, although they are not prospective, but they are retrospective studies, for example, which are not so important in terms of clinical practice or I don't want to say change it, but just to open, you know, new questions and new fields and new uh, concepts. Um, I say we are losing our times. We could do so many important things uh, for patients. So don't, don't try to use data just to write a paper. This is not our objective and should not be your objective, especially. Mm? Yeah, it's true. Thank you so much for this. Uh, now I, I give the, the next is Demetrius, who has two questions too. Uh, thank you for being with us and sharing your wisdom today. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, what difficulties did you encounter in your academic and your clinical career and how did you overcome them? What would be some points that uh, stand out in your uh, career? Um, I think that I have had two main difficulties in my life. Um, the first one is trying to combine private and um, public, let's say public uh, life, 
which is not easy. Um, and, you know, I think that the only way to, I mean, there is one practical way is trying to have someone helping you. And this is something for women mainly, I would say. And the second one is having very clear your priorities. So this is important because you will never be getting trouble if you know exactly what are your priorities and you will have always the right answer to each question uh, in this way. And the second difficult time or uh, let's say difficulties I have had in the past is, you know, some kind of competition in my job. And I think it's something that every one of you can experience more or less every day. Um, and so I have been involved in this kind of competitions, of course, um, and we will be involved anytime everyone will, in, for, uh, will, it will happen for everyone. And I think the only way to try to overcome this is always looking forward, looking to the final objective. So not being involved in these difficulties um, every day, uh, but look at the final result, what are our objectives, what are our aspirations, for example, what we want to do for patients and for people working with us, for example, I, we have to remember, I, but you are examples for people working with you. And so don't be involved in these difficulties, but just look forward for uh, your objectives. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and I think you partially answered the second, my second question too. Like, um, if you could turn back time, what advice you would give to yourself? And also in extension, what advice would you give to a young guy who's graduating and starting his academic career? So the question, you mean the answer would be look forward and work for your objectives. That's one, one way. But the second, I would say enjoy. I mean, nothing is possible without enjoying what you are doing if you enjoy everything will be easy uh, everything will be simple or more or less simple and more or less easier but i think it's the key for the success and especially for feeling good i mean every time in your life so enjoy it that's thank it you. thank you so much uh, for your advice so the next two questions are from natalie Hi, Professor Fagotti. Hi. I really admire your passion for gynecology and research. And uh, my question is along the lines of ovarian cancer. So mm -hmm. you have done extensive work on ovarian cancer, including looking at the minimal invasive approach, looking at neoadjuvant chemotherapy, primary debulking surgery, and also you have you know, numerous studies on molecular aspects such as BRCA in relation to ovarian cancers. Um, what do you expect the future of ovarian cancer treatment to be like? Mm, difficult question. I'm trying to answer trying, try, uh, through my studies. Um, I do expect there will be changes for sure. So um, actually, I think that what we are now, all the, what, all the information we are having and all changes we are um, um, looking, seeing uh, with um, 
targeted therapy will have an impact also, of course, in surgical treatment. So I'm not sure how we will manage all these things together, but for sure, um, I suppose we will change our approach based on the molecular characterization of the disease. And actually, we are already doing something like this. I mean, if we don't want to talk about the BRCA status or the HRD status in terms of selection of patients for surgery, which is something that I do expect in the future, we are doing indirectly, for example, with uh, tumor, low-grade tumors. Of course, they have a different molecular characterization and our surgical approach is different. The same for clear cells. So I think that Although very basically, we are already changing basic on, based on molecular characterization, and in the future, this will be done more and more. Thank you for that. And uh, the next question is, um, were there instrumental female mentors in your career? Because you have, you know, you're a mentor to me, Florian, and many other women in this field. So were there any female mentors who you looked up to? I must admit that I haven't had any female mentor and probably because I am too old, maybe yes. Um, but I, I want to tell you that uh, um, I have had a mentor which, who is my boss now and he never made any kind of difference between male and female doctors. And we are now many, many women in our institution, more women than men, more powerful me women than powerful men. And, um, but you know what, I think that the most important, uh, um, uh, let's say, uh, teaching I have received from him is that there is no difference. So if you today ask me, uh, am I ang angry? angry, I don't know how to say, uh, or would I uh, fight for women? I um, don't think this is really necessary. When I look at the people around me, I don't see uh, their sex. I really don't care because this is what I have received. So no fight for women instead than for men, but just we are all the same and we are only assessed and evaluated based on what we do. So for me, uh, there is no really no difference. Uh, and I'm not the type looking at the number of publication based on uh, the sex, on, or I'm not the type looking at the money received based on the sex, or the number of surgical procedures based on the sex, but simply name and what we have done without any, any really, any, I'm not doing any kind of correlation in this sense because I don't think it's needed. And if we are so much um, uh, related to this, I think we will lose something because again, we will be much more concentrated on a small point instead of the overall picture, which is the value of the people themselves, not based on their sex. That's it. Thank you for that very important reminder. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you to you. Time is finishing, and we just want to tell you how thanked we are for your time, and how thanked we are for your for your inspiration, and above all, 
for your humility. I think that it's really important to be humble when you are mm. such a person like you. And I think that you, you teach us a lesson every, every day. So thank you, thank you very much. Let me thank you, all of you, because I really admire and respect all of you for what you're doing. And I'm very happy to see that the new generation is like you are. And this makes me uh, feel uh, uh, not only um, happy, but really, uh, you know, uh, satisfied and relaxed, because I see that the future will be in your hands. And I'm happy and I'm sure that patients will, will really uh, be lucky for this. Thank you a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you. Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>